if you're listening to this podcast then i know that you want better for yourself like you're trying to develop yourself personally so that's why i encourage you to do that so that you can know yourself so you can know okay when i'm in these situations how am i going to react you know how am i going to react to these situations and also while i'm here how am i going to be proactive and how am i going to plan for my future and how am i going to be a good steward of the things that are given to me this principle of success is called the mastermind principle the, 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 the mastermind your life podcast podcast if you're wanting to realize your ideas goals and dreams and on the journey of masterminding your life it's time for the podcast made just for you this is the mastermind your life podcast with tolu owoyemi owoyemi Hey, 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 what's going on, Masterminders? Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We got Jacqueline Shattuck in the house, author of Money, Planning, and Positivity, and she's here to close the generational gap. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I am excited to be here, and I'm going to drop some fire gems for y'all and share some good stories. First of all, we were speaking a little bit before the show started. She's out here on Ninjas, Kawasaki's, Benz, Porsches. And I was like, where's this come from? And she said she compared it to the horses that they raised and rode when she was younger. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. There's definitely going to be fire, gems, all of that and more. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be here. People love the fact that I ride a motorcycle. I don't. I don't know if I should lean into it a little bit more for social media or or keep it kind of hidden. I kind of like to hide it. I'm here to give y'all financial gems, financial information. That's what you're gonna see on my social media mainly. But I do love a nice car and a fast bike. And people want to hear that too as well because if you just start uttering out financial terms and planning it's like after like you know like nod off a little bit but if you throw in the Porsche or like the Benz or like man I got scraped up now it's like this power of storytelling incorporated with all of that like now we all is like first of all uh when I was in the military I did see you know females on bikes but it's so crazy that I'm out and like I've never heard of a, like anything close I've heard people be like I'm gonna tell my man he can't get on the bike I never heard somebody be like, yeah, I'm riding around. That's my daily rider right there. So, um, <laughs> before we get Yeah, that's my daily rider. Your man might have rolled on the back. No, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Shots fired. Shots I'm fired. joking. I'm joking. Don't make that the Instagram clip, okay? <laughs> um, oh, but no, I think it's like, there's a couple things when it comes to riding, right? So, firstly, I attribute riding to be one of the skill sets that I have learned to be able to make decisions in times of crises. So you were in the military, so you know that things that you learn in life, those life skills translate into other things that we do in our life, right? So being in the military translates to how you do work, translates to how consistent you are with the podcast, okay? Me having to make a a split decision of am I going to split these cars or get hit by the semi, like that's that's an instant decision that I need to make. That's a decision I need to make in a time of crisis, right? So making those decisions also translate over translates over to working with people with their finances being able to make decisions when the market isn't going how you expected it to go so it's like all of that works collectively yeah and i think another fascinating aspect to what you just said is the ability first let me ask 
do you like getting a rush when things kind of give you a rush or kind of pitch you on edge a little bit or because there's a there's a sense of like adrenaline like you know you, you're in that cockpit you're in that seat and you're like looking at the whole world and you have this like incredibly lean like machine that can cut through all of that but at the same time i would also think that's escape because everybody's here and they they like like I'm talking to you and I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm gonna get a bike now. Like part of my brain is like, bro, <laughs> you gotta go get a bike, experience this and go live that life. But do you do you like that sense of like adrenaline or a little bit of like a rush? So it's really funny. I was just talking to a friend about this. Um, I hadn't talked to him in a while. He's in California. He rides in a motorcycle group out there. And I'm like, yeah, I absolutely love the rush of it. I love the adrenaline. I'm an ex-college athlete. I played college basketball. So a little adrenaline there. But we were talking about skydiving because he was like, yeah, my wife will let me get on my bike, but she won't let me skydive. And I was like, yeah, I've done all of it. And I was like, you actually get a, in my opinion, you get a better adrenaline rush on your bike than skydiving but skydiving is a lot of fun too there's a lot of experience there's a lot of views when you skydive so it's definitely all about the adrenaline rush like i'll take either one. Oh wow Woo-hoo! okay okay that's that's dope and the adrenaline rush how does that help you in terms of like financial planning like is this something whereby when you look at Maybe a new client comes in and they got all kinds of like things going on in their accounts and things like that. Or is it more like that stuff is not exciting or it's adrenaline rush. So you need that opposite world of like the adrenaline rush. Because sometimes, you know, I'm working clients and it's kind of like, you know, it can get uh, repetitive or it can get like, all right, like you going through emotions, but then you step outside of that world into like, all right, I'm doing X, Y, Z. That's a good question. Nobody's ever really asked me that before. But I think like going back through like your podcast, right? You talk to so many different people who built wealth in so many different ways. So my job is so exciting because I'm working with these people on a daily basis. Everybody has a different yeah. money story, right? They have different things that motivate them. You know, some people are motivated by money, others by stories, other by others by the absence of things. So it's fun to me to work through that. So it's almost an adrenaline rush in a sense, right? Because I'm like, okay, I've got all of these moving pieces and I got to figure out how to make them all work together collectively. Because for those who don't know, I'm a certified financial planner. So at the heart of what I do, it's help people with their investments. It's to help people make money. But I also manage all of the other pieces as well. So I help with your estate planning, the retirement planning, the tax planning, the insurance planning. It's all of the pieces. So I do get an adrenaline rush from that. But on top of that, for whoever's listening, I want to encourage you to take some of these personality tests to learn yourself because I know myself. So I know that I, one, am an advocate. So that's my personality type. So I'm a person who inherently likes to help other people, who likes to advocate for other people on their behalf. So I like to learn like, okay, let me learn about you. Let me know what triggers you. Let me know what makes you happy. Like I'm going to figure those things out without even having to ask you just because that's my personality type advisor hat off personal Jacqueline plans hat on. That's me. So I'm an advocate. 
right? So on top of being an advocate, I also have the skill of being a problem solver, right? Mm. So I can see how to make something better. So not only do I advocate for other people, I advocate for strangers I don't even know, but I am also a problem solver. So I can see like, hey, I can almost, it's almost like foreshadowing in a sense. I can say like, hey, I think that this might cause you a problem in the future. So why don't you work on addressing it in this kind of a way right now so that it doesn't become a bigger problem in the future? That's just me and how I inherently work. So riding the bike um, translates over to, yes, I do like adrenaline rushes. And yes, I do get an adrenaline rush from helping somebody untangle their entire financial situation. But I also know me as a person. And so I just want to encourage people to learn themselves as a person. And I say this because I was always the person who was like, personality tests are stupid. A test isn't going to tell me about myself. I know me like you're not going to tell me who I am. But it helps because as humans, we naturally like to categorize people, things, like think about have you ever looked at a, a parking lot from an aerial view right you look down it's very organized That's right. we are inherently organized beings so i would encourage you guys to take personality tests. you know what's crazy uh let me show you something one of my mentors uh he told me and I, i'll show this on my i don't know if you can see on my ipad but it says complete psychological test from book biology of success and if i pop that open it's a uh, Robert or not and it's like the EMTNJ something quiz and I saw I was like man I don't know about that stuff but something was like just take it so you can understand what type of person you are and I think you know they were talking about how to like play to your strengths or like your weaknesses or something like that so I think yeah all those things and then you know there's like certain characters like some people are um king some people are like soldiers or warriors some people are like artists some people are like lovers some people have like different uh types of like the energy you know like just how they interact mm -hmm. with the world how they how they uh, come across so um no that's major it's major because the biggest thing is i tell other people that the most complicated thing in this world is another human being right so <laughs> we struggle to communicate with each other on a daily basis we're always misfiring you pronounce my name wrong like <laughs> a miscommunication already right but instead of me you know coming for you let me understand why that happened right so if we understand ourselves right we take the love languages test we know what our love languages are you know we know um you know what our enneagram is all of those kinds of, we take the strengths test then we know ourselves then we're able to communicate with people in a better fashion right the best way is like really like when people because i feel like this one really hits home right because your relationships are so important to you the people that you have around you so if you know that your love languages are you know quality time and words of affirmation then you're able to tell somebody these are the things that i need right exactly because if you cannot tell somebody what you need you're going to have a very, very hard time getting what you want. And now this is turning into a therapy session. Instead of us talking about closing the generation. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. No, but it's, it's all part of it. And uh, it, it helps is, argument it and even strengthen because like you're right. You know, a lot of people that are listening to the podcast, they have those 
issues or situations or they're like, you know what? Yeah, people don't understand my love language or, you know, da, da, da. So when you're talking about it, you're talking about it from levels of thought being applied to it. Like, first of all, you came on here talking about um, a personality test. We're talking about the love language. These are things that a lot of people just don't know, especially in the black community. It's like, girl, come here, you're gonna take whatever it is I give you. And it's so much like raw back and forth, but like you've been able to come in and add a lot of fine detail. Hey, understand your personality, understand the love language, understand the other person's love language, understand your love language and be able to communicate it to that other person. So those are things like, when you think about it deeply, it, it, it can only add massive benefits, you know, to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about upbringing. You know, where, where, where is this? Where did you blossom from? Or where did the seed? Where did you know? Talk about. Uh, were you born here in the states? Were you born in German? And then you know, like, did your pops? How did he see your mom? You know, like, how how did it come across? How much how much time do we have? <laughs> How much? We about twelve minutes in right now, so we got. I just want to make sure we got we got enough time. That's all. <laughs> we got enough because it's a lie. You said, "How did the planting of the seed go?" Yeah, it was ugly. It was, it was ugly. Like I'm just keep it all the way one hundred. It's ugly from the beginning. Okay, I didn't tell you this pre-podcast. I want to save it for the show. Okay, I want your real reactions, real comments. Okay, I'm trying to help the people out. If you're listening right now, leave a review. Okay. Leave a five-star review if you're having a good time. Um, so I actually don't know my father. Um, my dad is black and Puerto Rican, and I know my mom. <laughs> I was raised by my mom. She's white. So um, just kind of an interesting dynamic um, growing up in an entirely white family, um, white neighborhoods. Uh, but I actually grew up on a thousand-acre ranch in Northern California. So the same thing that brought me to where I currently reside, Atlanta, Georgia, is the same thing that uh, caused me to become a financial advisor. And that's the fact that my the property that I grew up on was sold out from under us. My mom inherited one point four million as my grandfather passed at that same time. And it was like, OK, dope. Like we went from my mom was single mom. She worked two or three jobs just trying to make ends meet. And then we came into this inheritance. So immediately our quality of life changed. Right. And I saw my mom in a more peaceful state. She was more clear headed. She didn't have to work during that time. So it was like, OK, this is dope. Like I like this new life. Then my mom lost all that money within four years. So it was a very short stint of freedom. And then when she lost all that money, I was very confused. I was like, I don't understand what happened. Can you explain to me? Because I'm confused. And my personality type, I didn't know at the time, but my personality type does not like to be left out in no man's land and doesn't have an answer, right? Like I need an answer for things. And I, I feel like some of that has to do with millennials. Like we don't want to be told do this because you have to do it. We want to be told why we have to do this. Why does it matter? That's right. right. So I was like, can you explain this to me? My mom said something about economy and a mutual fund and she couldn't really explain it. 
And that was my problem. So I said, you know what? I know there's somebody out here who understands investments, who understands budgeting, who understands health insurance, who knows what a retirement plan is, who understands what capital gains tax is and why my mom had a six figure cap tax bill after uh she received her inheritance right so it's like somebody out here has to know about all of these moving pieces and so i came across the certified financial planner designation and that's why i became a financial advisor so when you started thinking like the answer she gave you wasn't given what it was supposed to give (laughs) it wasn't giving at all it was like i was about 19 i was about 18 19 because you talked about planting a seed and i think some of us have this like time lapse image in our head right of like you plant the seed and it grows and we see a big tree that takes a very long time so that my question started happening at like 17 ish 18 ish but mind you i've been put into a survival state because the money is pretty much gone at that point so i'm now in a state of survival i'm trying to figure out how to survive day to day and if you're still trying to figure out how to survive day to day you're going to have a very hard time learning how to thrive and in order to invest you have to be in a thriving state because if you're barely making ends meet that means that you don't have any money to invest so you've got to figure out how to get out of survival mode first and i was in survival mode at 17 18 19 years old and that's around the time that i started questioning things and it was at 19 that i really started to try to piece things together Mm, that's interesting um so there was this and It's fascinating because you saw her go from working two jobs, like you said, stressed out. 1.4 comes in and she's cleared. You know, she could chill, relax, kick her feet up, make more thoughtful decisions. So there is power and a lot of money being able to. But I think also when you have a lot of money and you're not doing like busy work all the time. So you saw that power of like. A lot of money, but at the same time, you're being able to have a clear head and, you know, you saw that stress off her shoulders kind of get taken off. And Mm -hmm. then you saw it snap right back when, and could you maybe looking back now, articulate or kind of like piece together what happened to her when you think about the 1.4 and kind of like her situation? Oh, I know exactly what happened. She got poor advice from a financial advisor. So what happened was she went to this financial advisor and I cannot attribute everything to him just a lot. So she goes to this financial advisor and it was, you know, somebody she went to high school with. So there's nothing wrong with financial advisors who work for particular companies. Right. Mm. The only thing is those financial advisors are positioned to sell things for their company. That's right. All right. Because it's the intangible. Some people don't think about that. Okay. And it's not that the products that they are selling are bad. It's just that that may not be the full picture of what you need financially, especially not when you have a windfall. So basically all of her money was put into 529 funds. Okay, so for those who aren't familiar with 529 funds, what a 529 fund is, is it's a college saving account. So it's a college saving account that allows you to put in X amount every year. Depending on what state you're in, you may get a state tax deduction and it's a college saving vehicle. So my mom, um, she didn't get to finish college, but she did get to go. But she had student loan debt. It was very expensive for her. So one thing that she wanted for her children was to be able to go to college. So she expresses this to the financial advisor. 
he takes all of her money and puts it into 529 funds you should never like all of her money outside of she needed to you know purchase a home and move and those kinds of things right but her excess money he put in there so yes a 529 fund is a great planning tool however they come with penalties and taxes if you need to take the money out and it is not for college tuition or now we have different um rules where you can take it out for pre-k you can take it out for like room and board those kinds of college related expenses if it's not for that then it's taxed heavily so in her case the market was tanking because we had 2008 Nobody had done any planning with her to let her know that 1.4 million at, you know, your mid thirties with three kids, one more on the way, it's not going to be enough for you to retire. Not permanently. You're going to have to, you may be able to take a sabbatical, which is just time off from work for a certain amount of time, but you're not going to be able to retire indefinitely. This is not going to happen, especially when you need to buy your first home. That's when my mom was able to purchase her first property ever. So she just didn't have enough money. Like it just wasn't there. So nobody told her that nobody sat down and said, hey, these are the numbers. This is how you should allocate this. I know you need to buy X things because you've never had them. So there was nobody to walk her through those steps. So when 2008 hit and the market was down, my mom needed to take money out of the 529 funds. So because that was her last place of savings. So she had to start pulling that money out. Well, as I explained, you're already penalized on that money. So you're paying penalties on that money just from it naturally coming out of a 529 fund on top of that you're paying penalties because of the type of funds that the money was invested in so you're paying penalties on top of penalties so by the time you're getting your money it's like half of what you actually withdrew so you're having to take out a whole lot of money and mind you it's 2008 so the market is down 40 percent and it's like just really bad timing honestly but you know if she had gone to a financial advisor who provided comprehensive financial advice who was equipped to deal with people with windfalls maybe she wouldn't be in this situation maybe i wouldn't be here right now but also you know that's that some of that is on the financial advisor like that's on the financial planning industry like we have to do better and maybe as i get older and i decide to like fully retire maybe i'll lobby against (laughs) the largest financial institutions in the nation because the way that our system works is is not something that i agree with so that's not a position that i sit in um in terms of just offering products to people i think you need comprehensive financial advice you know my mom in our family situation is just an example of that okay um retrospect if we could replace that financial plan with you as you are today and pit you know just swap it out how would you have strategically you know from the 1.4 that came to her initially and she hey you okay you're the best from from high school okay everything I'm, I'm leaving in your hands what would have been like some of the immediate steps you would have taken the strategies you would have implemented what would you have done differently it's a good question and i've actually done this for other clients other families but in my mom's particular situation we needed to have the hard cash flow conversation like that's the first conversation we need to have it's okay so you're gonna go buy this big house you've never had a house before you don't have any real credentials so what are you gonna do for work right so what is your cash flow going to look like how are you gonna cover these expenses are we paying for this house in cash you know what is that gonna look like that's the very 
very first question because we all we all manage our cash flow day to day whether you manage it like knowingly intentionally or (laughs) you manage it just on a whim cash flow is a daily you know thing for us to all manage okay so the first question question is is really like what are you trying to do what are you trying to accomplish because that's going to have us looking at our cash flow right and really what once i know what you're trying to accomplish what you're expecting your cash flow to look like then i can kind of fill in the pieces to the rest of the information awesome right i mean in my In my mom's case, there was a lot of things that needed to be filled in. We needed to have health insurance conversations. We needed to have life insurance conversations. Um, There was estate planning conversations that needed to be had, tax planning conversations that needed to be had. But somebody has to have the conversation with the client of what are they trying to accomplish? So I'll give you guys another scenario that I think is a little bit more fun, a little bit more entertaining. Um, So had a client, this part is not fun at at all. Um, It was actually really tricky tragic but had a client whose mom was hit by a marta bus Mm. so the payout from marta was like a million dollars mom passed away the payout was like a million dollars the daughter had um she was like 33 and she had like nine kids i think or something like that Mm. yeah she had like nine kids um the oldest was like 16 the youngest was like two or three months so we were in a situation where we needed yeah we needed to protect her from herself so in order to protect her from herself we needed to put a product in place for her that would continuously pay her out a monthly stipend if you call it to keep her lifestyle going but that she couldn't easily just access her money and just spend all of it right so sometimes you have to protect um, people in a windfall situation from themselves. I don't know if you guys ever heard about the story of the guy who won like one of the biggest lotteries in history, um, but he was like a garbage man and he won one of the biggest lotteries and then he lost all of his money in just a few years because he went and bought like mansions and like strippers and was doing coke and he lost all of his money, right? Like he needed a protection from himself, you know, and that's why I encourage you guys to take personality tests and to learn yourselves. Like if you're listening to this podcast, then I know that you want better for yourself. Like you're trying to develop yourself personally. So that's why I encourage you to do that so that you can know yourself so you can know, okay, when I'm in these situations, how am I going to react? You know, how am I going to react to these situations? And also while I'm here, how am I going to be proactive and how am I going to plan for my future and how am I going to be a good steward of the things that are given to me? That's deep. You said a product and you said she had nine kids. So you guys kind of looked at her and say, okay, she could be the type of person to be like, I want to go to Las Vegas with some friends and go crazy and throw a whole bunch of money away. So she went to Miami. All right, then it's lit, huh? <laughs> she went to Miami and blew 60 racks. Oof, my God. Yep. Okay. You know, another, she had another 40000 that she had in cash at her house that was stolen from her. So, you know, there goes $100,000. Just like that. Of money. Just, just, just gone, blink of an eye. That's 10% of a meal. That's crazy. Um, yep. Now, the product that you guys set up for her that 
fed her or gave her a percentage of money so that it could help her fund her lifestyle. What is that? What, what, what product? It's an annuity. Annuity. It's an annuity. So an annuity is an agreement with a life insurance company that you're going to pay them X amount. And at a certain period of time, they're going to pay you out a certain amount of money over time. So annuities get a lot of flack because most people don't need annuities. A lot of times they don't have a really good return because I'm sure you guys have talked about how when you put your money in the bank and you save your money in the bank, the bank takes your money and they go invest that money, right? And they pay you a very, very small portion of it. It's the same thing that happens with an annuity. You give them your money to hold on to. They say, okay, cool. We'll hold on to this money. And let's say in 20 years, we're going to pay you out $800 a month for your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Cool. So they're going to take your money that you're giving them, either in a lump sum or over time, mm-hmm. and they're going to give that money back to you, right? But in the meantime, they're going to invest your money and go make more money on your money. Exactly. So you could do that yourself. That's why, you know, annuities are not a product for everybody. But that's why I firmly believe that every product that has been created has been created for a certain purpose. And there is somebody that it serves. Right. So I hate when people just blanket statement. Oh, this is stupid. That's stupid. For example, when people are like, oh, being debt free, like that's stupid. I would never do that because my mortgage is so cheap. I could just keep my mortgage cheap. And okay, but it's not about that. And I realize that's not a product, but it's not about what opportunity costs you get from the market and this. And, and it's not about that because some people would rather have the peace of mind of having their mortgage paid off than to know that they're making an additional eight to 10 percent in the market on their money by still having a mortgage every month. Right. So there's different philosophies. There are different products that work for all different people. And it's just a matter of what fits for you. The annuity, you said you pay them and then after 20 years, they pay you. But for her, how did you guys speed up the process whereby, you know, she received a million dollars? Did you guys pay a lump sum to the annuity company and then they started paying her like a percentage? Yeah, this was like this was like six or seven years ago. So I think we maybe put a couple hundred thousand dollars in there if we could. I think we were supposed to. I think this is like it was a really bad situation. It was really hard to watch because it was like a it was like a watching my mom situation in the worst light ever because in her like in my mom's case, she tried to do the best that she could. But in her case, like. We were supposed to invest like 200,000. By the time we got the money from her, it was like only 100,000. So then when we put the money in, you can do like a single pay lump sum annuity. Um, and then they'll start paying you out. It's just an immediate annuity. So a lot of older people will do that. Um, you know, you can take the money from, you know, a 401k rollover or just some savings that you have and just buy a single premium immediate annuity. Now, money, money money you know what i'm saying money and we in america i would feel like you know there's different types of personality types like some people would want to scrutinize every single action that you take with their money what 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 does that mean you know there will be people that you almost had to claw to get them to trust you to invest you know how do you 
handle first of all i'll say the stress because some people they're like i give jack we're giving you our whole life like this this is it and, you know my god like like you know there's there's a lot and i would believe like you said everybody has like a different philosophy or emotions but i feel like even that statement has like a lot of different ways to chop that up but what kind of emotions do you notice people attach to their money the most or like what are the emotions that you've noticed mm. Ooh, we attach all kinds of emotions to our money right like we let money dictate a lot of life we let money dictate how we treat other people which is not how it should be you know we let money dictate um you know it's not even that we let money dictate but it just it dictates what time you wake up in the morning right what time you wake up in the morning what you do with your day like that's all dictated by your bank account so i see people go through all kinds of emotions when it comes to money and it really depends on the situation right so let's talk about generational wealth let's talk about how most people are going to die without a will. Mm. They're going to die without any estate planning in place, period, mm. right? So let's talk about the grieving process. Like the grieving process, money aside, is already so difficult. Like the, you've got whole entire, um, a whole industry of counselors, psychologists that just study grieving and just serve people who are in a grieving state. So grieving is already a very difficult emotion. Then on top of grieving, we're dealing with finances at the same time. Like that's got to be like so like it was difficult. The closest family member that had passed was my grandfather when all of this transaction things went down when I was just a young, like early preteen teenager stage. And so I haven't I haven't dealt with that on a personal level of like, okay, I lost somebody really close to me and we have to handle all of these things. But I just can't imagine like grieving and having to deal with the finance financial burden at the same time. Right. So there's just a lot of emotions that can really be just blown up when you're dealing with a different emotional situation that has to do with the money. Yeah. What what does money mean to you? After like, or let's, let's say, what did money mean to you? Like before you went on the journey of CFP and, you know, the preteen that you just spoke about, what was, what was money to you then? And I mean, I mean, obviously, hey, you could buy some shoes and, you know, makeup and, you know, whatever, whatever. But I'm excited to hear what money means to you now, because it would almost... And of course, it's fair. Everybody has their own definition of what money means, but you probably have like a truer or more nuanced or more in-depth understanding of money or what it means. But definitely tell us, you know, uh, what it, what it means to you. For me, it still means the same thing that it meant, you know, all those years ago. And it's stability and it's peace of mind. And that may sound a little bit cliche, but let me explain why. So... When I was a child, this is a question that I ask clients, by the way, people I'm trying to get to know. I'm like, what is your first memory of money? My first memory of money was, well, what's your first memory? Let's go with your story. What's your first memory of money? Yo, I'm that journey. So I remember them throwing money. <laughs> um, we, Nigerians, we love, like when we have like uh, gatherings or like parties or stuff like that, They'll they'll spray money on people. So what that means, like we'll be dancing and stuff like that, and people will just come with money and just you know pit it on you. And I remember being a kid and just being surrounded 
by like a pool of money and people picking up the money and you know it was so much fun it was exciting um it just felt like you know it was like energy mm, wow like exciting energy. so that's interesting that's not a story that i hear a lot like most people don't correlate money with like energy or party or some kind of a lituation oh man (laughs) so that's interesting so like nowadays when you think about money like what do you think about how is your relationship with it at this point my relationship with money now build up i mastermind uh i might have a wife in the future legacy um strategy um investments clients uh hustle um nice things too as well nice things uh um but my i feel like my when i think about money now i think about impact influence when i think about money i think about multiplication i also think about getting more you know new clients uh I think about money now. I think about yeah, all of that sounds very high energy to me. Think about I think about my future. I can't I can't marry a Nigerian woman and not have like a a boatload of money to. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Think about kids. You know, I'm gonna have kids or like you know schooling. You know things like that. Hmm. So it's just I'm in no way, shape, or form any kind of therapist, guys. But it's just interesting how your first memory of money correlates with how you think or view money to this day. And there's certain things that will change about it over time, but a lot of those core values are still there. So I'll give you an example. Because we we literally call this financial trauma, mm. um, which is what a lot of people experience. So for me, my situation was like more traumatic, right? So my situation was I was like six years old, seven years old, and I had a foster brother growing up and his mom came to pick him up for the day and was like, hey, we're going to hang out. You know, do you want to come? I said, yeah, sure. So we go to Target. Target was popping back in the day and we go to get a slushy at Target. And um, I am still this person to this day. Like I still will always pay for my stuff no matter who I'm with. So I whip out my little Velcro wallet and I open it up and I go to pay for my like 89 cent slushy. And his mom's like, no, I'm going to pay for it, dear. But uh, why do you have like $200 in your wallet? Like you're like six years old. And I just was like, I just keep some money on me. So I put my wallet up and I thought about it. And it was the reason why I always kept so much money on me ever since being a child. Like I worked for my money and I made sure that I had it because my mom always said we don't have it. Mm. You know, like to the point where back in the day, like McDonald's used to have 39 cent cheeseburgers. Don't know if anybody remembers that, but they did. So that used to be dinner for us a lot of the times. And I wanted chicken nuggets. And my mom was like, we can't afford chicken nuggets. Like I can afford these cheeseburgers. You want these cheeseburgers and these fries or what? So that was the only option. So I, from there was like, okay, this sucks. Like I need money to be able to buy what I want to buy when I want to buy it. I don't need anything extravagant. I don't need designer Dior chicken nuggets. Like I just want some nuggets. So 
fast forward to what money means for me now, like money still means stability, peace of mind and options. Right. I have the option of do I want to go to Walmart or Target? I have the option of do I want to drive a Benz or a Porsche? I have the option of do I want to live in a high rise or a house? You know, it's about options. And even more than just having the options, it's about the stability. Like I crave the stability and the peace of mind. But that's just me personally. Everybody's stories are different and everything that people, you know, attract to their to their financial life is different but i also know that money can be used as a tool right so i try to help people use it as a tool to bring them whatever it is that they want to achieve and so in your case you're looking for generational wealth you mentioned investing and cash flow and properties like those are all things that you can achieve using money as that tool and so i like to help people focus on that piece of it Mm. now it's very fascinating you know, I correlated money to like excitement, energy. Even now, that's still the truth. You know, whenever money I close a new client, I'm like, man, awesome. That that it feels amazing. You know, I feel more solid. I feel that stability. Um, I but love it. even then, I'm still thinking to myself, how do I strategically multiply this? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna reinvest everything back in the ads. We're gonna run more webinars. We're gonna get more clients. Da, da, da. But when you deal with people, right, that are coming in or that are attracted to you, what is the number one arena that they need help with when it comes to money? Like, what what's usually the problem? What's usually the okay? This is the first point that we have to tweak or optimize or attack? It's a good question. So I've noticed like two things. You have people who don't have any money. Mm. And so they're coming to me and they're like, man, I just can't seem to budget. I can't seem to budget. I can't stay on budget. I look at the budget. The problem is you don't have enough money. I know that sucks, but it's like, that's the problem. You haven't either figured out your value yet and figured out how to get the marketplace to pay you for that or you know you're just kind of stuck in a in a a cage basically but you your income is not high enough Mm. right so that's the first problem that i see with most people i'm like you're just not making enough money so the second problem is just people can't can't color in between the lines <laughs> you gotta be able to, to color in between the lines with your money right like you can't keep overspending okay 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 gotcha you can't keep trying to color all over the whole page like come on babe you gotta get in in the lines here like this this goes here so a lot of people are just spending recklessly and they're not paying attention they're not being detailed mm. you know um i think at this point in life after covid like we're aware of our money like we can't say that we're not aware like you're aware of the bills that you need to pay the lights need to stay on like you know what needs to be done and whether or not you're going to take the initiative to figure things out like figure out how to spend you know within your means like that's on you but those are the two things that i'm seeing like people are not earning enough income and they're just not pushing themselves to that point and you've got people who just are not spending where they should be spending. Mm. I mean, overall, if you want to talk about the generational wealth gap, we're not investing. Oof. 
we're not investing. We have to be investing. You want to become wealthy, you have to do what wealthy people do. Wealthy people hire financial advisors. Wealthy people hire tax planners. Wealthy people hire people to help them get to where they're trying to go. Because, you know, if I gave you $90 million when you were 90 years old, would you rather have that or would you rather have $50 million right now? 50 mil right now. You're going to take 50 mil right now because of time. Yeah, 90 mil is more, but you're also 90 years old. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you might only live another couple of days after you see your 90 mil. That, or you might not even be that, cognizant of the money. That 90 mil probably going to give you a heart attack. <laughs> exactly. So, like, timing is everything. So, if you can get the information faster, if you can pay somebody to help you get there faster, you need that. That's an investment. That's not an expense. Mm. So, if an advisor can help you, if a digital strategist can help you get there faster, you need that because time is your most valuable asset. You only have so much of it and you only have so much time to catch the trends and the waves. Like, even financial advising, which is the financial planning world has only been around since the late 60s. So we're young, but it's rapidly changing. Every industry is changing. Technological innovation is changing everything. So things are moving rapidly. So you've got to keep up. You've got to keep up. You've got to stay educated. And you've got to have a team around you that can help you move quickly. And at first, you are the team and you got to figure it out. And as you get money, you can bring other people into your team to help you build. But you've just you you do, you what is, what is that line that Drake says? You you rather be thirty in the Lambo or something like you rather be young in a like young in a mansion. You don't want to be ninety in your mansion. Like you want to be forty in your mansion. You want to be thirty in your mansion. Like that's what you want. You want both, and you can get both. It just takes a little bit of discipline, focus, and building the right team of people around you. Mm. Now. That word you said, team, is so important. But even before we get to team, you know, men have a certain kind of mindset, you know, and women have a certain kind of mindset. Now, we're not going to group everybody and like give that blanket statement. But what do you notice are the differences between men and women when it comes to earning, spending and managing? I wouldn't necessarily say that we have different mindsets, but I will say that we have we're both wired differently and we have different um a lot of times we have different intentions right so people have different intentions for their life they have different intentions for their money society influences us to act in xyz way right so you know without with staying on 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 topic here i'm a financial advisor not a therapist <laughs> um but it's funny because cnbc put out this article and they said that 43 percent of people commit financial infidelity on their partner yeah so i saw that on your instagram i was gonna ask like what does that mean yeah so basically financial infidelity is think about it as regular cheating but just in a financial sense so it's you not telling your partner significant other spouse about a financial account maybe a hidden bank account maybe you make a purchase that you don't share with them that you try to hide you know those amazon boxes you order them to your friend's house you don't order them to your house because you don't want your spouse to see mm. it's you potentially lying about your debt to somebody not letting your partner that you're dating know that you 
you have, you know, as much debt as you do, right? Or I've seen people, you know, lie about home ownership. They lie about owning their home, you know? Um, so it's all kinds of just deceiving things that you can do financially that would be considered financial infidelity. And 43% of the people that they polled said that they have done this. And so I don't know that it's necessarily a, a male or a female kind of a difference here, but I think that when it comes to money, it's a very taboo topic, right? Like people rather talk about sex than money. So that's part of why there is such a generational uh, wealth gap, right? There's, there's such a, um, we have just this big, huge wealth gap, right? Because partly is because we didn't have the information but it's also because even if we had the information we're not talking about it we're not circulating it right so i think that it's important to know that these conversations need to be had whether you're a male or female right whether your mindset is to stay at home or your mindset is to be out in the in the you know workforce right so it's just important that we have these conversations with each other so that we're on the same page about what's going on about what we're trying to achieve you know because you have men who are heavy business go-getters and you have women who are heavy business go-getters you know so it's like and you've got men who want to stay at home these days while their wife goes out and works so i can't really say that there's Honey, you know, any bring generation. Back, back. i'll be here I'm gonna cook anchovies and garlic steak for you. What? Ew. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So it's like I think that it's more important that we're having healthy conversations. Um, one with ourselves, right? Like being realistic with ourselves about our financial goals, about our financial state, and then being able to bring that healthy mannerisms into a relationship with somebody else. Whether it's uh person that you're dating or even your family right so we're around the holidays this is a really good time for you to have a family wealth meeting where you talk about what happens if somebody passes what's to be done where are the documents who's the beneficiaries on the accounts what's the proper procedures i don't know if you guys did this when you were a kid but i know in school they would say like hey you need to create this fire escape plan with your family at your house what happens if there's a fire how are you guys gonna all get out of the house and if you do get out of the house where are you gonna go where is gonna be the meeting place right so you need to do that same thing with your finances mm. if somebody in your family gets sick they become incapacitated it could be um because of a car accident a motorcycle accident um things happen i had a client who was a paraplegic and you know how she became a paraplegic wow. she was in the kitchen at work she bent down to get a plastic bowl from underneath the sink one of her discs slipped in her back and she became paralyzed so she went out she had just had a child like maybe four years prior she was in her mid-30s jesus Oof. there was nothing crazy she hadn't been in a you know really crazy car accident they're not sure why it happened but it happened so it's important to have these conversations of just what if somebody becomes incapacitated all right and then what if somebody happens to pass especially because we've been dealing with covid and all of those effects right so it's important to have these conversations of what what happens you know and while you guys are having these conversations of what happens we can talk about what's going on right now how can we help each other right now 
I know they're all difficult conversations to have, but they're just very necessary, right? And it's all part of building generational wealth. You can't tell me that you want to build generational wealth and then tell me that you haven't talked to your family about what happens if you become incapacitated or you pass. They just... They, they don't go together. It's not giving. It's not giving generational wealth vibe. Yes. Okay. Um, I just want to throw in uh, a sidewinder. Crypto. I, there's so much going on. Crypto, NFTs. And I think I even checked out, you know, shout out to the uh, Melanin Money Show. Uh, but I saw one of the episodes back uh, was about crypto. Um, so definitely shout out the show. Tell everybody, you know, what's it about, you know, um, why we should tune in. But talk to us about crypto because it's it's exploding at like an incredible rate uh, and even NFTs attached to that, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything in the digital world is popping. And that's what we talked about on the show. So uh, you guys can also catch me on the Melanin Money Show. We're on YouTube, all major podcast platforms. And we just talk about building generational wealth. We have the community, the Melanin Millionaires Club. And that's where we are just a group of aspiring millionaires just trying to do better for ourselves and our families. So you guys can catch me over there. But we did a whole episode on metaverse and just digital assets really and just letting people know like you know we're always late to the party we're always late and it's not fashionable (laughs) it's not fashionable so we want to try to be ahead of the curve right we want to try to be in that first wave okay can you imagine if you were in the first wave of investing in amazon you know how much money you would have right now Right. The first wave of investing in Apple, like even if that's not money that you ever saw, but your family saw. Right. I mean, you're going to see some dividends. off. You're going to see something. But can you imagine that? So can you imagine this being the first wave and you being part of it and you being able to pay for all of your grandchildren to go to college or go to Google college, whatever Google creates or go to, you know, Ernest and Young college, like, and you confront the money for all of that. Like that's a different life. And, and I don't know who's listening, who maybe got to grow up in that situation, but I know I didn't. I told you guys that I grew up. There was no like silver spoon and it doesn't have to be a silver spoon, but you can at least provide stability and peace of mind for your family that they know they're going to be taken care of you know yeah you got to work for your stuff but that stability is is a major key you know and it's also going to provide that peace of mind for you right and it's almost like I can see into the future having been a financial advisor for almost eight years and having dealt with mostly clients that are age 50 plus do you know how many stories I've heard about what you should be doing with your money how you should do this like I've heard it all right so I can see into the future so i know i can't really see into the future guys i don't have a crystal ball but i know what happens as we age and if we don't take care of our financial situations right it's not pretty Mm. it's not pretty and you don't want to be that age and everybody around you is retiring and you're not and i know it's hard because you're probably a millennial listening to this and you can't think 20 30 years into the future but think if you could just put up $200 today, I'm sure you can find $200 that you don't need. If you could put up $200 today, then you can retire around the time everybody else is retiring. Mm. And you won't have to be the one sitting there like, dang, why she get to retire and I don't? 
No, you can be the one at the retirement party yeah. and everybody else will be hating on you. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, there's a, this, I, I love uh, Mr. Money Mustache. Have you heard of him? I want to say yeah, but I'm not positive. And uh, it's this, this guy. Uh, it's like fire. This something called like financial independence, yeah. like retire early. And I know there's like fat fire, uh, slim fire. They, they got all kinds of fire. And uh, it's like these people, they'll like invest in stocks till their dividends reach a certain point. Whereby it's like they can just live off of that. But the question I had was. We live in super exciting times whereby the internet has made it possible for, and we're noticing, you know, younger and younger people getting to the back, you know, people building up, people, you know, out here uh, leveling up. Now, after hearing you talk, they're like, oh, snap, we need some kind of strategy. Like, okay, I'm getting money, but. What do I do with it? So somebody comes into your office, somebody, you know, gets on a Zoom call with you, somebody, you know, gets on a phone call and they're like maybe a starting entrepreneur, you know, they got some money coming in, um, but they're like, all right, <laughs> stocks, ETF, mutual funds, crypto, like the, all these, you know, there's a lot of financial buzzwords kind of flying around. How, how do you guide them? Or like, what would be the... Uh, template or kind of like a blueprint to which you would customize kind of like a, a unique plan for them or like what are your thoughts towards that yeah that's a good question and that's part of why i created the financial transformation course so i have a whole module in there about how to set up your portfolio right how to include crypto what your balance should look like the only thing that i don't put in there is real estate because um, real estate is like an outside asset that you're going to hold outside of your portfolio. So I do talk about that entire asset allocation breakdown and how you should go about that, how you should invest internationally, domestically, alternatives, including crypto, gold, silver, all of the above. So I do talk about all of those things in the course. Right. And so the idea is to have a healthy mix. Mm. Right. We've learned over time that we need to diversify, right? If you had a lot of real estate during 2008, you would regret not diversifying, right? So if you had, um, you know, a whole lot of, if you had a whole lot of like bonds over the last few years, you would regret not having some stocks, right? So diversification is key. And so, you know, even in the crypto world, like if you had only Bitcoin, you might regret not having some Ethereum or some other soul, whatever else. Right. So we always want to make sure that we are diversifying no matter what. Wow. Now, this is extremely fascinating. And what's the what's the leakage? You know, a lot of times, you know, people they will have money coming in. You know, they got money coming in, good job or, you know, good business, but they can't seem to, it's like, where's my, where's all my money going? Like, y'all just, just got paid like, what, what, what do you see as those leakages? Or like, what's like some common leakages that maybe some people, they not, they're not paying attention to necessarily, but it is, it's like, man, that's adding up. That's why you're in where you're at right now. 
usually the problem is you're not using any sort of a tracking system you're trying to budget like it's 1999 and it's 2021 baby i mean it doesn't even have to be 2021 like we've been we've had these financial apps that will help you track and monitor your money for years now so you've got to have one of those like i have a freebie giveaway so go to link in my bio on jacqueline plans on instagram um, or any social media I have a freebie in there and it's the five financial apps that you should have on your phone. So I talk about the money management tool that you should have on your phone because it's like you're using your phone all day, every day, and you need to be using it for something productive, Mm -hmm. for something good, right? And so if you download that, then you'll have access to those apps and maybe we can link it here somewhere so people can get it easily. But it's it's super, super helpful to have that because it's gonna help you find where the leakage is, okay? The other thing is people are usually losing money when they're using cash. Because when you use cash, you're not keeping track of it because you don't have any kind of a system. There's no real record of it other than you just taking cash out, right? But if you're like me and you take out $500, I'm not using that same $500 on one thing. I'm going to use it here and use it there and then it's for valet and I got a tip. And so it's like, I don't keep track of that anymore, right? So that's where you may be losing some leakages just from cash transactions. No, that's powerful and I feel like we are psychologically embedded not to are trained you know cultivated grown to not pay attention to our finances it's kind of weird but you would think in a country like America there would be a super emphasis on financial planning but I remember in college and in high school these tables set up with you know credit cards and you know they keep smiling here you go you know sweets and candies you know take all of this and it's almost like y'all like the saviors just you know riding on down with like wings and like horse steeds like yo hop on y'all like you know we, we taking y'all to like the promised land we taking y'all to a better future and let's be real like yo money we see i feel like eight times seven times out of ten somebody got killed somebody got divorced somebody got into baby mama drama something crazy happening it's money you know money is a big part of it um, in the Bible, I think like they said, money is like one of the most mentioned um, words in this. So it's like something that is it's almost I, I, I feel what you're saying. Like when people start talking about money, everybody's like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll talk about sex. We talk about shorty over there. We talk about rap. We talk about, you know, all kinds of different things. But when you talk about money, it's like, man, uh-uh. and the ability to, like you said, forecast the strategy, the plan and being able to have those difficult conversations. I remember I'm talking to my people. I'm like, yo, you guys have life insurance? And they're like, what do you mean? You know, like they just completely minimize the importance of it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and why do you think that is? Why do you think like people might be like, blow it off? Man, that ain't nothing. I don't got time for that, man. Financial work. Man, you better plan. Why, why do you think they hold such little value towards it when it should almost be like, all right, this is mandatory. You got to go through X, Y, Z. You got to go through the financial planning course. You got to meet with your financial planner uh, once a month minimum. You know, 
Why do you think it's like this switcheroo? I think firstly because money, we don't want to talk about money at all because we like to essentially place whatever money you have on your forehead is the value for your life, Ooh. right? That's how we like to hold value on, other on, people. Hold on. Mm. hold on, 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 hold up, hold up. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Yo, <laughs> you said the amount of money we have, or that's the value that we place on our lives. That's the value we place on other people. Oof. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we all walked around with our net worth like on top of our foreheads? Mm. Do you know like how people would treat other people if we walked around with our net worth yeah. on top of our foreheads? It, it would be. It, it would be. There probably be no humans left. Because for, forget the designer that you have on, forget the jewels, like forget all of that, forget the fancy bags. Like I see your net worth right here, sis. Exactly. So does your net worth back up what you look like? Maybe, maybe not. But if we walked around with that value on our foreheads, it would be a very different life. However, we walk around like that now, mm. right? If we see somebody got all the designer drip we like oh okay they got some money i see that chain you got some money okay all right cool i see you i see you sis with the 1200 wig yeah we know what that is like that's how we value other people that's right. so we already do that by the appearance because your appearance speaks before you ever do we already do that but imagine having that actual conversation with somebody and them actually being like yeah i actually don't have anything i may look rich but I really don't have anything. Mm. Okay, I know I pulled up in a Porsche, but I really don't have any money this in my bank account. This is deep, deep, deep right here. Um, this is why we don't like to talk about money. That's the reality of it because we we value people based on what their net worth is, and it shouldn't be like that. We we value people based on the income that they bring in, and that's not how life is supposed to be, right? We've all heard you should treat the CEO the same way that you treat the janitor. That's right. But for whatever reason. We're not wired like that. Not at all. Most of us are not wired like that, right? That's why we can't have these real conversations about money. So I think that that's the first reason why. But I think it's also important to note what money is, right? You mentioned money being mentioned in the Bible a lot. And money is literally just the method to transfer, uh, just a method to exchange items, mm. right? So we used to literally trade items with the barter back in the day, right? Like so long ago. Now we exchange money for things. We exchange the U.S. dollar for things. Now we're getting into a situation where we don't even exchange the U.S. dollar. We exchange some sort of crypto blockchain. That's right. We're starting, we're starting to move into a new kind of currency. So... I think that it's hard for us to have these conversations about money because we don't understand what it is. We don't understand the value of it, right? Like, maybe I should do this. I'm going to do this on my YouTube channel. I'm just going to go around and I'm just going to ask random strangers, what is money? Yo, it's lit. <laughs> <laughs> what is money? Like, what answers do you think I'm going to get? I think they would be all across the board. Uh -huh. But I think people can't even explain that. They can't even articulate what is money. So... 
if we can't talk about what is money, how are we supposed to talk about the importance of money or how or how much each person has and why that even matters? So I think that until we can have those open conversations and until people can realize that it's going to continue to be this very taboo topic. Uh, uh, of course, um, we just heard, uh, you know, RIP to the king and, you know, his legend and his impact. Young Dolph, you know, uh, shot mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you it's about money. It's about somebody that saw him rising up, saw him with a lot of money or uh, X, Y, Z. And they put, put a head out on him or, you know, hey, kill him. And, you know, here's a bag for you. And mm-hmm. we, we and that's no, go ahead. And that's hard. But we got to give the man his flowers. Right. Like, I didn't know anything about the properties that he owns. And I'm a young dolphin. I listened to his music. So I heard him talking. But I didn't go check public records to see if that stuff was real. Exactly. But I'm just like, you know, I'm assuming that it is. And that's an amazing, powerful story. That's an amazing legacy that he's leaving behind. Right. Because not only is he affecting positively his family, but he's also impacting everybody else's lives who are hearing about his story and like hearing oh this is possible like you're also low-key learning about diversification right because we know him as an entertainer but he also owned a lot of properties and other investments he diversified exactly you know so wealth is built through concentration and preserved through diversification so he built his wealth through concentrating on his craft of entertaining and he preserved his wealth by diversifying his money, by buying properties, by investing in other opportunities. So wealth is built through concentration and preserved through diversification. OK, so some people will get those two mixed up and they want to start by trying to preserve their money. Right. So you got two hundred dollars to invest and you want to invest all across the board. No, I need you to invest in yourself first. Invest in whatever you're going to concentrate on that's going to bring you wealth. And then once you get that money, we're going to diversify that so you can preserve your wealth. That's the steps. People get it backwards, but I appreciate him just for being him. Like he just, he left a lasting legacy in this world. And I think it's going to continue on longer than, than any of us think. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, Money planning and positivity. That's it's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. And that's the name of your book. Um, and I think it's always exciting because, first of all, that's a piece of history right there. You know, a book never, ever. I mean, that's for all eternity. But um, talk to us about the book. Kind of like what even what even motivated you to be like, all right, you know, I'm a. I'm going to write this book and, and, and get it out there and then talk about the reception, you know, once it was out, you know, into reality, and you know, people are touching it, reading it, you know, looking through it. How did that or what was the response from that? Hey, 2020 was a rough year. I mean, I know it wasn't a rough year for everybody, but for me, it was. And it caused me to write a book mm-hmm. <laughs> about money planning and positivity. So, um, when you're on the internet and you are marketing to people, there's three things they like. They like to either be educated, they like to be inspired, 
um, or they like to be entertained, right? So I fall in the education and the inspiration categories. So I wanted to educate people with money planning, but I wanted to inspire them with positivity, with my story, with explaining, you know, the hurdles that I've overcome. And so I kind of coined that term and I had it just and I it was posted in my bio on social media and then 2020 hit and, you know, the world is really devastated. And I wanted to write something that could shine a little bit of light on what was going on, which is people were struggling with their money because they were forced to take a hard look at their financial situation and people were struggling maintaining a positive state of mind in what seemed to be a very dark world at that time Mm. so I wrote this book for that purpose the book is intended to be written as um, it's really a book that I give to people who are interested in working with me or you know have began the process to work with me it's just an introduction to the way that I view finances and how I'm going to help you with your situation because every advisor is different we all have different philosophies and methods and so this speaks a little bit more to mine and what I go into depth in the book is you have these different pillars of life right and these different pillars help hold your life up and they help to keep you stable and pushing towards your goals and so if any of these pillars are not all even if you're not if you haven't built all of these pillars to be as strong as the other then part of your life is going to feel off and you may not notice it immediately but it will show up in some way shape or form right so for example i had a client who came in she kept overspending 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 so every time i met with her i was like i know it's going to be another conversation of her overspending she doesn't really want to track her money she doesn't want to work with me to help her track it i don't know why she's so secretive you know we'll just keep working through it So she comes in this one time and she divulges that she's been battling severe depression for the last two years. That's not something she wanted to talk to me about beforehand. And I couldn't force it out of her. So she was spending a lot of money on medication, either prescription medications or just holistic therapy, all kinds of things to try to pull her out of where she was and nothing was working for her. So she was able to, she was luckily able to find a solution later in life, but it took a minute for her to have that conversation with me. Right. And so I think people are really intimidated by financial advisors because they're intimidated by money. They're intimidated by the thought of investing, right? They're intimidated about conversations on inflation and conversion rates and, um, you know, commodities. Like they don't want to talk about all of that. That's not something that they know. So that intimidates them. So I want them to understand that they need to let their guard down, right? We need to work to close the wealth gap. It's actually widened. Like we need to close it. Okay. So you need to speak to somebody who knows what they're talking about in this realm. But if you're so scared to speak to somebody like then our industry is doing something wrong. So I'm trying to change that narrative. Hallelujah. Um, George, y'all like, I see you, I see George, I see George, I see y'all. Y'all like, you know, like, hey, hey, like, you know. You see my friends. business partner, you see me. You see me, you see my business partner. Oh, man. I feel like that should be a TikTok reel right there. <laughs> okay, dope. Um, yeah, talk about, um, I, I, I love the 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 association because it just breathes so much more life energy uh, authority um and then also trust you know i feel like wow okay 
they're changing the narrative. They're collaborating to help other set a standard in the community. And I think there was an app, Melanin Magic, right? This this like an app. Melanin Money, yep. Melanin Money. So, uh, and which is, is I saw, I was like, man, this is dope. This is like a Netflix of like topics. Y'all had uh, Daniela on there. And it's like a whole bunch of like, experts in different fields and it's like literally and then it was like you can have a pocket advisor i was like okay okay, this is dope yeah and even the thought behind that to be like oh okay people can get this information that can literally change their entire life but let's talk about like the connection between you and george how you guys came to be uh and even like kind of like the it seems like there's so much of this blossoming, so much floor, so much fruit, so much manifestation, so much people getting impacted and like even more and more. Mm-hmm. It's the power of social media. You know, we um, connected on social media. I guess he was Instagram stalking me for a while. So it was a few years back. It was maybe 2019, I think, or early 2020. I think it was 2019. Uh, he was at a conference and somebody was like, oh, you don't know about Jacqueline and pulled up my Instagram and was like, this is her. And George and I had a back and forth for a while about who is the coolest financial advisor. And I'm like, dude, I ride a motorcycle like you oh, can't compete with me. So we still, you know, go back and forth about that uh, <laughs> from time to time. But yeah, so it's been cool. It's been an amazing re- business relationship that has blossomed from social media. So I appreciate him a lot. Nah, nah, this is this is amazing. As we begin to kind of um, uh, head toward the later part of the podcast, talk about your course. Talk about, you know, the benefits. And I can already think of so many benefits. First of all, ain't nobody coming out here already equipped with that kind of knowledge. I did not learn that in school. I don't know anybody. Everybody I talk to, they're uh, sharpening their skill. They're sharpening their craft. Um, and they're not coming at you like okay financial planning strategy you know investment multiplication but talk to us about the course what it entails you know somebody that is getting into it and like kind of like what's the transformation yeah so the course is literally called how to transform your finances in 30 days so i took the top five personal finance techniques that everybody needs to implement in their lives in order to replicate what the wealthy do so that you can be on the right side of history so you can be on the top side of history right so it's no surprise that we're just talking about income classes like the middle class is shrinking they are being squeezed so Mm. you're really gonna be high or you're gonna be low and like i want everybody to be high you know so that's what the course is for and it's been amazing like it's transformed a lot of people's lives so far and so i'm just excited to keep seeing what it's going to keep doing for people and how people are going to keep growing you know i talk about everything from i say that i teach things that the certified financial planner designation doesn't because it never touches on credit and credit is such a powerful tool and it is so necessary for those of us in the black community when we're building wealth like we have to have that Mm. so if you're building from ground zero you have to have credit like it can transform your entire financial situation so i talk about that in in depth in the course and like how you can leverage your credit to help bring you new assets and so all of these things will just transform your situation literally if you implement them right yeah um 
I can't count the number of coaches and entrepreneurs that I work with. And we're setting up webinars or challenges or memberships or ads and XYZ under the sun when it comes to uh, digital marketing. And it's always the ones that are really passionate about the transformation in, you know, people that always tend to do the best when it comes to, you know, just literally packing their course full of sales, you know, packing it full of people, packing it full in terms of, you know, fresh life that's coming through it. And, you know, people nowadays can kind of see because there's like an avalanche of courses, you know, everybody's got something that they sling. You know, I was telling, I was like, they slinging, smoking, cracking, like she's slinging. And it's the truth when you think about it, because it's a it's good. Yeah, you know, you're supposed to, it's the digitized version of yourself. Like, if I'm having a one-on-one with a client, you're having a one-on-one, you can only have so many one-on-ones in a day. But the course, which is a digitized version of yourself, that's infinite. You can have as many one-on-ones with anybody as possible. Yeah, it's, it's selfish of you to not share your knowledge. You know, that was the point that I was at. One, people were asking me, they were like, where's your course no no i don't want to work with you i want your course where's your course i was like okay i need to create a course but i also felt like it was irresponsible of me selfish of me it was wrong for me to not share the knowledge that i've learned over the last eight years i think that if anybody is struggling with building a course or monetizing your knowledge you need to remember that somebody out there needs what you have you know what you know is probably just second nature to you right like i think that everybody should know that if you're trying to pay off your credit card really quickly you should just do a balance transfer so that you're not paying any interest anymore and then you can pay your credit cards off so much faster look they probably went over a lot of people's heads i just said it so quickly you have no idea what i'm talking about but to me that's second nature i'm like oh everybody knows that and then somebody was like no 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 no. that needs to be in the course people don't know that that's not second nature to everybody so that needs to be part of your credit module right you need to talk about those kinds of things so there may be something that you know that you need to share with other people because if you don't you are being selfish selfish it's giving selfish it's giving i don't care about the world it's giving i don't want to give back and i need you to give back okay i need you to impact other people's lives positively and i need you to monetize that right so you can build wealth in the process now one last thing you touched on it super heavy credit now the black community is exploding oh man one of my clients Calvin. Uh, that does business funding. We we turned an add-on for him, and it, it grew his company so quick that he's he's he had to he had to turn it off. He was like, "Man, totally turn that ad off." Like, I had to go high. I have to restructure my entire company. But I'm seeing when it comes to business funding, like people going nuts. People salivating. They're like they can't get enough of it, and. I also, you know, hey, look, Ellie Talks Money, the Trishona, Sierras, you know, this, there's a lot of people talking about the power of credit and building, you know, people want to get into two-year-old Airbnb, you know, Shopify, e-commerce, you know, they want to, can, can you talk about the power of credit and not just the power of credit, but like also from, you know, a CFP standpoint in terms of like, you know, building uh, that generational wealth and also at the same time just being able to construct a um, financial stronghold. I think you just spoke to it. 
Like you just took it away. You guys know the power of credit. You want to get a business loan. You want to uh, buy a house. Like you guys already know this. Like they're going to check your credit. Some some jobs even check your credit report just to see if you are who you say you are. If you uh, you know are loyal, are you trustworthy, yep. right? So we already know the power of it. And I'm not here to bash the certified financial planner designation. I clearly carry that designation with pride. Yeah. But they don't teach credit in there. They mm-hmm. don't teach generational wealth in there. That's not what that was designed for. That doesn't speak to us. That's not what that's for. That's why I'm trying to change the narrative because it's like that the the certified financial planner designation isn't meant for people who don't come from money or are not, you know, 50 plus and have saved their entire life. You know, that's what that's for. So I'm here to try to let people know, like, yes, I'm a certified financial planner. Yes, I understand money. I understand the system. But I also know that there's a few things that are missing. And there are, I don't want to call them shortcuts, but there are some more efficient ways that you can build wealth, right? The certified financial planner designation doesn't focus on income, Mm. right? It doesn't focus on teaching you how to grow your income. And that's huge, Right. You got to make the money before you can manage the money. That's right. They don't talk about that. Uh, there was, what's it called? FinTech? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a booming industry. Uh, and they were talking, they had like a FinTech conference or something like that. And I saw like Rakim Sabreen, uh, you know, was there, you know, Building Bread was there, and, you know, different cats and were there, and, you know, Jay Fox, he was there. Um, you feel like this? I- Go ahead. I was gonna say I don't really know anybody that you just named, but <laughs> I guess okay. Cofield, Cofield advisors, Cofield, you know Cofield. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. That's the only person I know because I see him with George all the time. So I was like, if she know George, she probably know Cofield. Um, We're all on the podcast together. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Okay, um, man. The black community really needs you, you know, not just the black. I'm trying, I'm trying. So I had a woman come to me and she was like, yo, you got to do a better job marketing. She's like, I didn't know you existed and I need you. And I was like, dang, that's a wake up call. Like more people need to know that like the service is out here. She's referring to my financial audit service. So it's where I literally just collect everything about your personal financial life from like your car insurance to your job benefits to your current investments to where you want your investments to go. I just I grab all of that for you and I help you figure out how much you need to save on a monthly basis in order to reach your financial independence number. I'll help you figure out how you're supposed to be tax planning. Like it's basically what my mom needed during her time of need so i provide that financial audit service and so she had signed up for a service that was only about taxes and she was like i didn't realize that your service was about everything like that's really what i needed and i'm like i will do a better job marketing i promise so here i am fourth podcast of the day um so i'm just trying to uh maintain my promise Nah, that's uh, extremely powerful. I remember I was looking for an accountant and I ended up going, not that I hate any other race or anything like that, but I definitely want to pour money into our hands. And uh, it's a Japanese dude. And uh, sometimes it is hard to find uh, our own people that have developed a structure that can service you know high volumes or requests um so it's definitely 
you know, entrepreneurs are like the new rappers. They're the new uh, rock stars. And uh, we're seeing that more and more. And I'm saying like, yo, black women are killing it. The collaboration, their Instagram profiles look like chocolate biscuits. Like you just eat it up. Like they got the best kind of like market. Like, I was like, if you want to learn how to market this, go follow some of these profiles. Like it's out of this world. Um, but you're right. You know, the black community really, this whole talk, that we just had just now, if we could implant that in the head of every single individual, kid, Look, adult, whatever. We don't even have to do that. We just need everybody to share it. Exactly. If y'all just share it with a couple people, if you just share it with your family, like then it's gonna be in everybody's head, right? And leave a review. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Stop licking that Dorito dust off your fingers and get off the couch and go do something. <laughs> <laughs> gotta execute oh man okay um anything that you want to say get off your chest i feel like y'all have a lot going on like y'all be in that laboratory like building i feel like you george i don't know who else but i feel like better than money you know books the podcast like i feel like y'all y'all coming strong for the whole you know financial industry you know I know there's Michael Valburn. Uh, I like what he's doing too as well. He seems like a dope cat. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, like, who was I telling this to the other day? Uh, Sherwin. And I was like, man, if you look, if you if you look at the white community, they got these power Dave Ramsey, you know, titans of the, you know, of their niche, you know, all tensions on them and everything like that. But when you come and look at the black community, it's like every, with toddlers. You know, they're titans with toddlers. And it's also exciting because there's so much room for growth. There's so much room for building. There's so much room for uh, capturing our audience and taking them for that journey and, and, and guiding them in the right direction. Um, so uh, anything that you want to get off your chest, any uh, developments, any you want to point them towards, feel free. Look, the only thing I want to get off my chest is just do better. That's it. Do better. Because that's the only thing that's going to help us to close the wealth gap. Mm -hmm. Like, we just have to do better. And by do better, that doesn't always mean go out and make a million dollars. Do better could literally be sharing this podcast with five people. Because you don't know what gems they're going to take from this, what things they haven't heard. So if you struggle to have the financial conversations with people, find a conversation piece. Go on my Instagram, share some of the things that stand out to you. Yep. Right? share a conversation with somebody have that thing that can spark that dialogue you know it doesn't have to be you going out to make billions of dollars your contribution can just be helping somebody to understand this helping somebody to have an open pathway with you about your finances you know that's how we can really make change mm -hmm. make a change that's right and what we're doing on Instagram, what you're doing, you know, talking about it, you know, being a source, having your course, you know, we're going to drop all the links to that. Um, and I feel like it's mandatory, really. Um, I know I literally know nothing when it comes to I can close clients, I can run ads, I can launch funnels, I can, I could do maybe I could 
do backflips in the digital marketing, but when it comes to financial planning, I'm a, I just came out the room. I'm looking around. I don't know nothing. And I feel like a lot of us are like that. Um, so we, we definitely all masterminders listening to this, uh, tap in, go show love. Um, grab the book, get the course. Um, I already know, like when I was looking from, uh, I was also looking for a financial plan. I was like, all right, I know I'm making money. I know I'm starting to get money. Money's coming in. I'm closing, doing digital marketing. But I was like, what do I, what do I do with it? Like, how do I, do I put it in M1? Do I grab Robinhood? Do I get crypto? Like, I didn't, I, I like, I, I don't know what to do with it. So I'm like, okay, I just take everything, put it back in the ads. But part of me is like, nah, you gotta have strategy. But I don't know exactly how to execute that strategy. And it's frustrating because I talked to my accountant and he's like, nah, I'm a, I'm an accountant. Like, I don't know all that other stuff. Like, yo, I, he knows how to look at Excel sheet and okay, personal business, da, 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 categorize it, QuickBooks and all that. But also the, the, like you said, the peace of mind to be able to talk to somebody that that's where their energy is dedicated and that's what they've been able to build. Oh my God. Oof. I feel like, all right, I can be like, let me talk to this person about the strategy behind money. And that will really take 20, 30% of my stress off my head, or it's going to even make me go harder to go get some money, like to go close some new clients. Because I'm like, all right, I know what's going to, I know where it's going. I know what it's going to do. I know how we're going to flip it. I know, I know how it's going to be multiplied. And it becomes exciting because to me, I'm like, okay, money's energy. Like I know we got things. Okay. Long term. Okay. I understand that. I can look at it maybe on the weekend. It's like it's growing, but I feel like if I do it myself, I'm gonna put a bomb in there that I don't know about. And I'll be like, damn, yo, why did I do it like that? So that's what I'm saying. Like, we appreciate you big time. We, we, we super appreciate you. Uh, I think that woman that said like, yo, you gotta be out there more. She right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna help me with that, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> okay, good. Like, let me drop a bomb on you real quick and then I'm gonna get out of here. Um, so you can think that you're doing everything right, right financially. You're like, I'm not overspending. I'm saving my money. I'm gonna retire one day. Yeah. So there's an article out that um I spoke to. I was quoted in, and it was called retiring while black. Mm. And it was about a couple who was retiring, and when they retired, they were like, hey, you know, this is their financial situation. Can you lean in on it? I said, yeah, this is cool. Like I'm glad they saved all this money in their 401k, but they saved all this money in their 401k. You know, mm. you don't get it. Huh? When you only save into your 401k, it comes with certain tax consequences. And those tax consequences are whatever money you pull out of that account in retirement is taxed at what is called ordinary income rate. So if I take out $100,000 from that investment account at that particular age of 60, I'm going to have $100,000 of just regular income that year. So it's going to be taxed at whatever the tax brackets are, right? So 25, 30, 50%, depending on where you live. So if they had diversified their savings over time, they would have had that issue. So had they sat down and paid a thousand dollars, let's call it two thousand dollars max, maybe to sit down and have a conversation with a financial planner who could say, no, do this, do this, have this allocation. You know, I don't know what their investment allocation was, 
So I don't know if they could have had more money, but I know they could have kept more money in their pocket had somebody had a tax diversification conversation with them. Wow. It's tax allocation versus tax location. If you guys want to do your own research on that, but it's important. Like there's certain things you're not trained in this. You're not an expert in this. So it's important to talk to somebody who is an expert because there may be something that they know that you don't. So that's, what I'm saying like you may think that you got everything good right like we do that all the time with like our eating habits you're like I'm not eating anything bad well do you guys remember when the food pyramid the bottom of the food pyramid was to have like a bunch of servings of grain and, and gluten every day like we've since changed the food pyramid right but had you sat down and talked to a nutritionist they may have said mm, for your blood type with your you know genetic makeup you should probably eat like this and maybe you would feel so much better maybe you would live longer maybe you would save money on supplements right had you gone and talked to an expert and spent what a few thousand like a few hundred dollars or a couple thousand like but you're going to see a return on investment right so it's understanding what's an investment versus what's an expense so hiring a qualified professional to help you with whatever's going on in your life that's an investment that's not an expense mm. and so it's how we think about things how we frame them how we look at them right so that's an investment in your future right so me doing digital ads with you that's an investment in my business that's not an expense exactly so it's just about investments over expenses and but let me get out of here <laughs> i'll say one last thing that we're gonna get out and that investment that knowledge you take away it's a lifetime when your kids come they're born they have their kids you can drop that on them all right masterminders until next time we are out um, this was an awesome conversation and y'all need to tap in with Jacqueline. We're going to drop the links to it and y'all going to love it. Thank you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast with Tolu Owoyemi. We hope you enjoy. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform and follow Tolu on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Keep mastering your life and we'll see you here next time.